0: Listen in as we address your financial concerns and provide helpful solutions to put you on the path to achieving your retirement goals. And now here is Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo from
1: Brookside Tax and Financial Group. Welcome back to the Road to Retirement. I'm Chris Anselmo of Brookside Tax and Financial Group. And today my guest is Tony Shore. How you doing, Tony? I'm doing great, Chris. Uh, looking good, uh, great to be here
0: with you. Uh, always good to see you, Chris. And you're alive and awake this morning. I'm I'm going to have to drink some more caffeine to keep up with you. I think today. I, I've already had my caffeine. Two cups. So. I can tell. So, uh, yeah. You're you're raring to go. But yeah, I've been great. I've had a, a great week and just been really busy. Looking forward to today's
1: topic. How about you? Have you been keeping busy over there? We have because my son's moving out. He's got, an, apart- he's got an apartment, so now we're never trying to fill it with furniture and stuff. So, uh, hey, college graduate on his own. Are you? Are you an empty nester then? Uh, not quite. My my daughter's uh, just came back from um, Europe. She finished her uh, her last study abroad program, and then uh, I think she's going to be going off to law school. So. I'm not sure she's gonna to want to stay at home to go to law school, but we'll we'll figure that out. And then we, we we have the Labrador too. So. Oh well, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, you and your wife, you're almost empty nesters now. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's. I bet it feels good to get your son out on his own, right?
1: Yeah, a little bittersweet,
0: you know. Yeah, it always uh,
1: is. Yeah. Yeah, that's true.
0: Well, hey, what are we talking about today on the show?
1: Uh, probate cancer.
0: Probate cancer. I love it. A little play on words there. I assume you're talking about uh, probate court uh,
1: for legacy planning or? Correct. You know, a lot of our clients, they know. Well, I'm also an attorney, as you know. So we, sure. do, we do a lot of estate planning for clients. And, you know, probate's always a, a, a hot topic that uh, you hear all over the media, Susie Ormans of the world and things like that telling you avoid probate. So I thought we'd oh, yeah. talk about the, the different types of probate and, and, uh, Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. Why you should avoid it if you can. So in different techniques we use to to do that.
0: Sure. I always hear over and over, uh, you need to have a plan in place to help you avoid probate court. But you say that even sometimes it could be good. And I didn't know there were different types of probate. So. So
1: so during your life, um, if you become disabled, and don't have the right documents in place. So say, say Tony, you had a stroke and you couldn't take care of yourself anymore. So if you didn't have the proper documents in place to allow somebody to just step in and help you. Like a medical power of attorney? And a financial power of attorney. So, okay. so let's say, for instance, this happens to you and your wife has to go to the bank and do some, in an account that you have just in your own name that you've been hiding. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you thought you were hiding it. She knew you had it all along. Oh, yeah. but, um, so she can't just walk into the bank and, and sign your name, right? Because the bank's going to, well, you're not on the account. So, um, you know, do you have a power of attorney for Tony? And she says, no, we never got around to doing that, you know? And so what happened then is that she has to go down to the probate court and become, open up, a. at least here, it's called a guardianship. So, Mm -hmm. so during your lifetime, you know, that's a bigger hassle than you you wouldn't believe. So, so the the job of the probate judge is really to protect that asset for you, not for her. Right. So let's say you have, you know, 50,000 bucks in this account and, and she wants to gain access to it. Well, the probate judge is going to tell her, look, this is not your money. You can use it on Tony, but it's not for you to just go to Vegas with. Right. Right. So, you know, the, the first thing is she has to go down, we have to wheel you down in the wheelchair there and show you that you're disabled. And hopefully the, the judge will appoint her as the guardian because um, sometimes they don't. So here, here's an instance where they wouldn't. Let's say your wife um, never wrote a check out in her life. And knows nothing about banking, and that doesn't happen that that, that often now. But you know, a generation or so ago, that, that was common, where the you know the man was in charge of everything, sure, and and mom was you know in charge of the house. So, um, you know, the again, the judge's job is to protect that money, so he may not appoint your wife, and then you're like, oh, now what? Well, then maybe who's he going to appoint? Um, maybe one of his attorney buddies. And you said, why would he appoint his attorney buddy? Well, the attorney buddy helped him get elected. He was on his campaign. He contributed to the fund. And by the way, he's done a hundred of these and it's always been to the penny. And the judge knows that, look, if I give it to the attorney, nothing's gonna go wrong. So, but even say that doesn't happen. They do, they appoint your wife. So now your wife can go down to your, your local bank and deal with that account. But every two years, at least here in, in Cleveland, um, she has to do an accounting with the probate court to show where all that money went. It started at $50,000. Now we got $47,237. Okay. What'd you spend it all on? Yeah. Well, you know, we had to buy Tony some Depends and, and things like that. And you got a receipt? No. Okay. Well, that one's out. So what's this one? Uh, McDonald's. You got a receipt? Who keeps a receipt for McDonald's? So that one's out. So... It's just not a way you want to do it because the the cost of it is look there's there's attorneys fees there's accounting fees it's just it's just not a good way to do it so so that's kind of a living probate nightmare so. We want to avoid that, so we want to make sure we have the proper documentation. And so you are
0: saying before anything happens like that, right. that couples should have powers of attorney,
1: right? Because once you become disabled, let's say it's mental and it's not just you know physical. Um, if you what are you men- saying, Chris? <laughs> well, you, you know you are <laughs> you're, you're, you're <laughs> stone throw away, Tony. But uh, so if you became mentally disabled, then legally you can't sign the power of attorney because I mean, you don't have mental legal capacity right, to, to right. execute a uh, contract, right? So so you want to make sure you take care of this ahead of time because it's, it's cumbersome and it's, it's easily avoidable and you just you just got to do it. So um, we really don't want to have to go do guardianships for people. Um, and sometimes it's just bad documents that, that happen. So let me give you an example, a true example. We had a client uh, a couple of years ago Her and her sister bought a house together, and then within a few years, her sister uh, had some um, physical and mental issues and ended up going into a nursing home. So uh, they had this house they wanted to sell, the house they lived in. And so, you know, the other sister, the one that was uh, healthy, came in and said, hey, we want to sell this house. And I said, well, do you have power of attorney for your sister? And she said, yeah. And I said, well, can I read it? And so I read it. And it was like a two page document. And I'm like, where'd you get this from? She goes, oh, you know, I downloaded it off the internet. Yeah. so I said, well, <laughs> unfortunately this power of attorney, nowhere in there does it say you have the power to sell the real estate. And she says, what do you mean? I should be able to do anything. I said, yeah, you and I think that, but if you want to sell this house, so let's say Tony wanted to buy the house, right? And we're going through the closing and the title company is going to say, well, do you have power to sign for your sister? And if you show them that power of attorney, they're going to say, "Hey, hey, you don't have legal authority to sign her name." So, so that um, that was ba- uh, you know bad documents. So then, what would happen? I said, "Well, I, you know, I got to forewarn you that if you try to do this, and that fails, then you're going to have to go to the probate court to get mm. appointed as a guardian for your sister." And it gets worse. And I said, "So let's say they appoint you as your the guardian. Now remember, the probate judge's job is to protect." Half of that money from that house for the ward that's in the nursing home, right? So I said, Well, if you do that and you sell the house, then there's your sister's going to end up with too much money and she's going to get kicked off all our governmental benefits. Because wow. it, so now I'm like, So now you're stuck. And so she said, what wow. does that mean? I'm like, that's You're really si- bad. Yeah, I said, You're stuck until your sister passes away. And then. Oh you know, then you're her natural heir and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, it got even worse because her sister did pass away and there was no documents in place that said the, the other sister that's healthy should get the house. So it's just, you know, it's just one nightmare over another that that uh, you can easily avoid. And you know, when I told so the- though,
0: So what would be the solution then? You're saying we can easily avoid all that mess. Well, one, uh, you, you but need to how?
1: Have, you need to have good documents. You know, just don't it's not time to get cheap on your estate planning stuff and try to download it off the internet and do it yourself because situations like that happen. So most of the time it's bad documentation. Or, you know, in that sense, you, since you could have done something like a joint survivorship deed so that when one dies, the other one automatically gets it. Or you could have got a good power of attorney. Um, so, you know, you just got to be wise about these things and not try and you know, do it yourself. This is not, uh, you know, I always tell people you could do your own surgery, but you probably wouldn't. Right. So, right. Uh, so, you know, downloading off the internet or trying to get something at a form store or the, the office max or something like that's not, not a good situation. So what most people do is that they do, you know, a basic, we call it the all American will, right? So Tony, you sign a will, it says, you know, everything goes to your wife and then your wife signs when everything goes to you and then to the, then to the kids, if you're both gone, but the issue there is your will doesn't do anything while you're alive, right? The will just says when I die, this is what I want to happen. Yeah. So yeah. so if you go down to your, your local attorney, hopefully he's an estate planning attorney, if not, um, try and find one. But you know, like I don't do divorces. You came here to do a divorce. I wouldn't know what the heck to do, right? So a lot of attorneys don't practice in this, this side of the-
0: But our listeners don't need right. to look any further because right. you're an right. estate planning attorney.
1: Right, so if you, you know, most time, if you get this, what I to call it all American will. Again, it doesn't do anything while you're alive. You might have thought, "Look, we took care of it all," but you didn't have the right documents to handle it while you were alive. So you need, you know, really powerful. Power. Like our power of attorney is twenty something pages long, right? It's wow, not, it's not two pages. So it's you know, it's there to design to cover everything and anything. So, in here in Ohio, also we have a statute on power of attorneys where um, there's certain powers we call them hot powers that if you don't specifically put them in the power of attorney, you don't get them. So, you know, power. So of there attorney- isn't
0: a blanket power of attorney. Right. You have to specifically list everything that you are right. going to be able to do with that. So,
1: so power of attorney's used to say, look, Tony, you could do everything I could do sign here. There you go. Anything and everything. But then as, as time went on, uh, first started with the IRS, you know, the IRS said, well, it doesn't say you could make gifts. But it says I can do anything. We really think it should say you can make gifts. But it says I can do anything. Yeah. Yeah, well, we don't like that. So, you know, that one came in. And then there was another one where uh, changing beneficiaries on, on accounts. Um, that had to be specifically mentioned. Oh, brother. So the, the odd part is, look, I could close the account and open a new one and put new beneficiaries on it. Yeah, that you could do that. So why can't I change the beneficiaries on it? Because it doesn't say you could change beneficiary, you know. So oh, it got to yeah. that point. So that's why our document is now twenty some pages long. Right? Yeah, yeah, it gets crazy. And then it's like the tax
0: code; it, it gets yeah. away from from them. You
1: know? And then and then eventually, you know, all of us are going to pass away, right? So you have this all American will that says, "Look, every Tony, everything to your wife." And so your wife shows up at uh, the bank, and she says, "Okay, you know, Tony passed away. I want to get into that account." And they say, "Well." sorry, um, you need to go to the probate court to get appointed as the executor or executrix if you're a female, right? So she said, well, the way, look, here, the will's right here. It says I'm supposed to be the executor and uh, I'm supposed to get everything first and here's the death certificate. Why, why do I got to go to the probate court? And most people say, yeah, why does she have to go to the probate court? Well, right. because, because the bank doesn't know if Tony signed a will after that will. Right, they're not. They're not going to take the chance that that's not your last will and testament. You know, uh, this one's this one's dated two years ago. You might have signed one three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So what happens is, so she's got to go down to the probate court, get appointed as the the uh, executrix or executor. We just generally use executor now, because all that you know, female male stuff is going out the window anymore. Like steward and stewardess, right? So, um, so she she gets appointed. And then they're going to give her this certificate of authority that says, okay, here's the seal from the probate court. Now you can go down to the bank and the bank says, okay, hey, you got the right paperwork. Okay, we can do all that, right? But, you know, the process is is long and cumbersome because we have creditor period claims. You know, creditors have sure. six six months to make a so claim. It, and that so That
0: situation you know, is there, but Chris, I'm sorry to interrupt, but is there a way to avoid that one, though? Like the, so if you have the will and a death certificate, the bank is going to still send you to probate court. Is there a way to avoid that probate court?
1: Yeah, so a couple ways. We either do some type of beneficiary designation on accounts, so it's automatically transferred to the wife, or do a transfer and death designation, so it's automatically transferred. Ah. So do you deal with the specific accounts
0: directly before that you ever get to that point to where so you can put beneficiary designations on bank accounts.
1: Sure, okay. but again, I got to caution you on that. That um, it, the better mechanism is, is to use a trust. You know, a trust is going to cost a little bit more upfront to do, but in the long run, it, it saves you a lot of money. So, and we can talk about that. But so back to beneficiary designations. The issue there is usually it's. It's usually not between husband and wife because most of the accounts are joint, right? So you pass right. away, your wife gets. It. So it's it's the next generation. So, you know, it says you and your wife, and then you put one of your children's name as the the is the contingent beneficiary. So now that person, you're both gone, and your child gets the money. Legally, he doesn't have to share it with any other children. So then right. you're like what? I thought he would do the right thing. Sorry, they had a spat, and uh, you know your your son ended up with the the fifty thousand dollars, and you you know your your other children get nothing. So, so that's not generally the best way to do it. And the other way that we see a lot of times that people try to do this because it's always you know avoid probate, avoid probate, avoid probate, is they put a child's name on a bank account, not as a beneficiary, but just actually on the bank account. Oh so, wow. wow! So let's say let's say that uh, you know. I have a bank account and I put my son's Gino's name on the account just so he can go in and, and, and do all the things you can do as as if he were me, right? But the issue there is, you know, what if my son gets in a car accident? My my account now is exposed to his car accident, right? So, any once you put somebody's name on the account, you bring their whole life into it. Divorces, car accidents, medical bills, bankruptcy, all, uh, that, kind, sure. all that kind of stuff, right? Because... Legally, they're an owner, but but it's all dad's money. I don't care what it says. Legally, you're an owner, right? So it's ha- it often we see it happen in divorce cases. So, you know, the elderly couple puts their uh, their daughter's name on the account, and then uh, you know something happens to them, and the daughter goes to, gets a divorce. The divorce attorney's going to say, "Hey, we want half of that account." Well, that's mom's money. Mm-hmm. I don't know whose money is. Your name's on it. So yeah. so you know. And it so it has
0: in, to be counted as an
1: asset for that person
0: if they get sued then, or
1: divorced. Right. And so yeah. then and potentially it ends up either in a creditor's hands or it ends up with that no good son-in-law that you didn't like anyhow. Right.
0: Sure. Was never never
1: good enough for your daughter. Well, no. So, so, um, so, you know, it's easily avoid, like you just got to sit down with, you know, an estate planning guy, and and just get it done. So that's just like the life stuff, and then and to avoid all that, a trust is a, a good way. Right. To so so the trust, you know, the probate court. I, I have this saying, and I, and I wrote it in, in our book. So I don't know if you know. I wrote a second book just on estate planning. So it's called. Yeah, I did. It's, so that one's called uh, Rounding Third. I know. I love that title. <laughs> and so, you know, this goes in. So if anyone wants a free copy of the book, just, just call our office and we'll, and we'll get you a copy. Uh, 440-886-3550. And then so, you know, I have this tagline in there and, and I said, probate is a lawsuit against yourself with your own money to protect your creditors. You know, people, people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, read it. So when we do this, I'm like, look, read it again. It's a, a lawsuit against yourself with your own money to protect your creditors. And like, well, well, I'm like, well, anyone want to sue themselves? No. So, so some situations come up where, let's say you were in a nursing home and you ran up a, you racked up a bunch of bills in a nursing home or your, or your medical insurance didn't cover everything. And you got $100,000 of debts. And we got to probate this $50,000 account. So you got more creditors than assets. So who gets paid first? Just hospital? Is it the nursing home? Is it the funeral home? Tony, who do you think gets paid first? Uh, I have no idea. Who do you think wrote the rules?
0: The government, the IRS gets paid
1: No, first. no. The no. attorneys the attorneys ah, get the paid attorneys. first.
0: The attorneys. Okay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. We wrote the
1: rules. So yeah. we're not going to do all this work and give all the money to the hospital, right? So right. the attorneys get paid first. And, and to be no. honest with you- Of, um, course, you,
0: of, course, of course you as The right?
1: attorney get paid first. Yeah. And, and, it, and it gets, it gets expensive. Uh, here in Cuyahoga County, we have a fee schedule. So it's not by the hour. It's just based on, purely on how large the estate is. So oh, wow. And there's fees for the attorneys. There's fees for the the, the executor, and there's going to be a fee probably for an accounting firm to uh, you know put all the accounting together. So if you have a you possibly know, court fees, right? Yeah, and there's court fees, filing fees. So, you know, the a typical estate like we do an example in our um, in our seminars where a couple goes through a probate, and and we we don't even talk about the I and mean, we talk about the living probate, but we didn't calculate anything, but. We had an estate that's worth uh, like nine hundred thousand dollars, and it it's sixty thousand dollars in probate fees. Oh, so even a, a half a million dollar account is probably going to be forty thousand dollars because, you know, here the attorney gets um, on the first hundred thousand they get four and a half percent, so that's forty five hundred, and then the executor gets a similar amount. They get about four thousand. So there's there's almost you know, eight or nine thousand gone on the first hundred thousand. Yeah. And wow. then there's, it's, you know, three percent on the next three hundred thousand and two percent on everything else. So, I mean, just, you don't want to go through it. Now, no. So, no. but let me tell you where it does work. Um, so let's say you um, you have siblings, Tony. I actually don't. Okay. So let's say you had. Three other siblings, right? Sure. And your your parents left this house and said, Transfer on death to Tony and all his siblings. Right. So let's say you had four siblings. So the issue there then, so it immediately transfers and all four of you own the property. You want to sell it. And Tony says, Hey, it's I think it's worth 120000 hundred and twenty thousand. Oh, by the way, all four of you are married. So now we have to get eight people to agree on what to sell it for. <laughs> Right, you can't get eight people agree what restaurant no. to go to. Right? Good luck.
0: Good luck getting uh, yeah. even two people, a right, husband so th- and wife,
1: th- to agree. Right. Right. So Tony says it's worth a hundred grand, and somebody's uh, spouse says, "Well, I think it's worth a hundred and five. I'm not signing anything." Oh. Okay. So yeah. in that instance, when I when I see that, I say, "You know what? Let's just let the house go through probate." So the house, if it goes through probate, then the the executor who's ever appointed says, "Look." I'm selling the house and we're splitting up the proceeds four ways. So he doesn't have to get signatures by all the other brothers and sisters and doesn't have to get signatures by all the other spouses. So sometimes probate actually works, you know. you know. And again, the job of the probate judge is to get the asset out of the decedent's name over to the beneficiaries after all the creditors are paid. So, you know, it's cumbersome, you know, here creditors have six months to make a claim. So you're not gonna disperse anything within six months, because if you do, and then a creditor comes in, the executor's got to pay the creditor out of his own pocket. Right. So, you know, that'd be crazy, right? So, and we've had the uh, contests where, a pro- we actually had one where the creditor came in one day late and we ended up going to court over it because the way the statute reads, it says you may not pay a creditor if they're late. So, they're like, oh, we should, I'm a one day late. And I'm like, yeah, but the law, it doesn't say that I like, I don't want to give you the money. The law says I can't give you the money because if I give it to you, Mr. Creditor, then I just took it out of the pockets of the beneficiaries. So right. I'm not, right. So, so the way, the way we avoid it is, and it's probably another discussion, but um, is, is do a living trust and get sure. all the right documents in place. And, they, and the living trust doesn't go to probate. So. The big fail that we see and we talk about in seminars is that a lot of people buy trusts out there or they try to do them, but the trust is only as good as what you put in it. And so it's like, you know, if you bought a really nice car and didn't put any gas in, it it doesn't really do you any good, right? So what we call, this is called funding. So once the trust is active and alive, you got to retitle all your accounts and all your stuff to get it in the bucket. Because if, if there's nothing in the trust, then you end up going through probate anyhow. So yeah. what, ha- what happens at a lot of law firms they, it, is that they sell you the trust and you sign off. Hey, we're not funding it. It's your job to go fund it. And they don't really care because if you don't fund it, then it goes through probate. Right. So... Our job, you know, we have a seventh step process on our estate planning side where we make sure that people get everything in, and then we also have a maintenance program, an annual maintenance program, where we meet with them a couple times a year to make sure that everything's in. And as long as as long as they stay in the maintenance program, if they're if and when not if, but when they die, we will guarantee there won't be any probate. So if there is a probate and you've been in our maintenance program for at least three years, we will do the probate for free. Wow.
0: So, and the key there is obviously the key and the lesson I'm hearing for today's show is avoid probate, and there are ways to do that, uh, but you have to plan ahead and work with somebody like yourself who's not only uh, you're an estate planning attorney, uh, but also looking out for their overall financial uh, picture. You'll sit down with them, and I like the plan you have, the guarantee that, you know, if, if you're part of the maintenance plan and you've been part of it for at least three years, uh, you, you're guaranteed not to have to pay for probate. I love that because probate sounds like it can get expensive with attorney no, fees and everything I, else. It is
1: and I can tell you probably over thirty years doing this you know trusts have come in from other law firms obviously and uh, I could probably count on one hand how many times things are actually funded. Wow,
0: that's not good. Yeah. So you got to fund it you got to make sure it's set up correctly. I think this has been a great topic. Now if our listeners want to get this taken care of, Uh, Now is the time. You've got to get this done. You've got to get going on it uh, because you never know know, what's going to happen tomorrow. So how do they
1: do that? How do they get a hold of you? So two ways. Uh, We have a separate uh, website for the law office, which is AnselmoLaw.com and the phone number there is 216-485-1040. Or you can call us at the, you know, the the tax firm, which is uh, 440-886-3550. So, you know, we're here all year round. So if people, and we do, we do often do seminars on this, but uh, uh, just come and talk one-on-one and we'll get it done.
0: Wow. Well, this has been a great discussion and- (laughs) And it it flew. Yeah, it just flew by. Yeah, Yeah, but a good discussion. Wow. I learned a lot. I did not know all the ins and outs uh, of probate, I'll be honest. I thought I knew a lot until you started talking. (laughs) And then then I quickly realized hey, wait a minute. I I don't have my finger on the pulse. I didn't know how to avoid all those situations. And a couple of them I'd never even thought of. uh, But, you know, you can see how easily some of these things could happen. And you've seen it all, of course. Yeah. But listeners, that does it for today's episode of Road to Retirement with Chris Anselmo